0: But Most recently, when you're in a tough economy and people are now um, starting to think about closing on precons they didn't intend to assign maybe three, four, five years ago, and now you're in a tough market, there's people now who are being put in a position where if they cannot close a few months from now or it looks like the financing is going to come through or whatever, which is very common, you're going to see more people trying to assign. And when the market gets flooded with assignments, it's just like if a market gets flooded with supply of anything, yeah. it makes your likelihood of getting good pricing or getting a good deal as the assignor a little bit more difficult. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. I'm Daniel. I'm here with Katie again for another episode of Level Up.
1: Again, she's just always here (laughs) trying to get rid of her, but...
0: I meant it's the two of us here again, not that I'm stuck with you again, although I guess it could be construed two different ways,
1: I guess. Jokes.
0: Well, maybe that is what I meant, and it's not a joke. It's a serious issue we have to address. Possibly. So welcome to everybody who's listening in. We're happy to have you along for the ride. Today, we are talking about my favorite subject and yours, or one of them. It's a top 50, at least.
1: (laughs) Top 50. I think that's even a stretch, but you know what? We're excited about it.
0: I'd put this in the top 50, I think. Probably.
1: Maybe, maybe, just because you couldn't think of 50 things that you like, (laughs) Uh, or that I like. It's a
0: top 50 real estate-related topic. Yeah. We're talking assignments today. We're talking assignments.
1: Assignment sales.
0: That's Could true, not assignments. If I said that, our kids would not listen because they think we're talking about homework. But no, this is about assignment sales. We're going to jump into everything, the A to Z and everything in between. Right, yeah. That's all I got for you.
1: Yeah. So I think, I mean, first we can chat a little bit about what assignment sales are um, for those individuals that may not know or might not have a good grasp of it. Um, Basically an assignment sale is quite different from a traditional property sale. Uh, I think the biggest difference is that you're not actually purchasing a home. You're purchasing a contract for a future home. Uh, They're very popular. I would say assignment sales are very popular in Toronto. Um, or, you know, more cities where pre-construction properties, mainly condos are sold. Um, And I think there is a lot of misunderstanding around how these things work and how to represent your client the best. So we're just going to chat a little bit about that. But before we do a little warning we are obviously realtors, brokers. Uh, we are not accountants nor are we lawyers. So although the information we're sharing is good information, it's always best to double check on any sort of tax rules or um, any implications that people need to be aware of when going through this because this is a much more involved, I would say a sale. Um, so it's important to make sure you're you're covering your bases especially for your client.
0: It's funny too, because I am an accountant, but I wouldn't trust myself with any of this stuff as, as an advisory yeah. perspective goes. Um, yeah, But it's interesting because I think assignments really straddle the line between people thinking they're a lot simpler than a traditional mm-hmm. sale and people who think they're way too complicated as compared yeah. to a traditional sale. Um, and like you said, the easiest way to look at it is you're buying a contract. You're buying the right to purchase Um, a real place, an actual bricks and mortar home or condo or whatever, but you are effectively taking over a piece of paper that someone else has bought in the past and they are assigning it to you. So terms we'll use as we go, assignee is the person who is purchasing or who is the person who is going to get the assignment and ultimately be the owner of the property and the assignor is the person who already has the contract and is effectively the seller. So if we compare these to buyers and sellers, the seller is the assignor, the buyer is the assignee.
1: The builder is the vendor.
0: Builder is the vendor.
1: throw a different thing in. But yeah, so I think... Assignment sales have obviously been very popular over the years. I think it's been a way or an opportunity a lot of people have seen to make some money off of them um, if they can get in at a good price uh, from a pre-con perspective and then maybe flip it in a couple of years when they don't think they need it anymore. Maybe they're intentionally flipping it because There was, I mean, honestly, there was at one point pretty good money you could make from these uh, assignment sales, but I think in the recent year or two, probably in the most recent year, it's become obvious that builders have worked in future pricing much more to their pre-construction prices. And so it's not as easy to get, let quote unquote, a deal um, and then ultimately assign a unit, um, in, in a way that you're making a substantial amount of profit.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of moving parts, even just in the mechanisms of who and why people are assigning. And it works just like traditional real estate where supply and demand are going to dictate where some of these assignments go with some more complicating factors, like whether you're allowed to assign or not, which we'll talk about. Um, but most recently when you're in a tough economy and people are now, um, starting to think about closing on pre-cons they didn't intend to assign maybe three four five years ago and now you're in a tough market there's people now who are being put in a position where if they cannot close a few months from now or it looks like the financing is going to come through or whatever which is very common you're going to see more people trying to assign and when the market gets flooded with assignments it's just like if a market gets flooded with supply of anything it makes your likelihood of getting good pricing or getting a good deal as the assignor a little bit more difficult. And so um, that wasn't something that was a consideration in the hottest point of pre-con purchasing where everybody was just seeing how much values were going up. And it was almost like the assignment is a nice little contingency fun way to make some flipping money if you go that route because everything's going up so much and it'll definitely be worth more down the road but now if you're in a position where you're forced to sell um it's not a slam dunk first of all that you're going to make an assignment sale at all and if you're working against a clock where you can't close think about what that does to the mindset of a would-be buyer right that creates real urgency where they know you need to unload this place quickly mm-hmm. and that takes away your leverage in negotiating so that's just We can look at this and we will look at this from the perspective of the assignor and the assignee, but the environment and the motivation that leads to assignments can definitely um, change the way that these negotiations go when you get down to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if you are representing somebody like a lot of first-time homebuyers, especially ask about that, you know, should I purchase an assignment property or should I purchase pre-construction, things like that. So there's a lot that goes into that and kind of like the intention is a big thing as well when it comes to pre-construction. Like what is your intention when you purchase a pre-construction? Because obviously, and we'll get into it a little bit more, there's tax implications that go along with that. And same with somebody that wants to buy an assignment property. Like what are their intentions? Do they intend to stay live there? Do they want to rent it out? Um, so all of these things you really need to, and you know, we say it all the time, when you first sit down with a client understand what their goals are and does a pre-construction or an assignment purchase make sense for that individual. Um, cause obviously there's a lot of factors that, that play into that. And, I guess, a lot of inherent risk as well when it comes to the contract, um, because as we understand it from doing a few courses on assignment sales, builders can be pretty savage when it comes to what rights they may take away from assignees when they they purchase an assignment sale, the rights that they might have been giving to the original purchaser uh, or the assignor, may not be extended to that new buyer. Um, and that's something to be aware of. So let's say, you know, there was caps on development charges, or maybe you get the first year of free rent or or whatever those incentives might've been when somebody first purchased the unit, those actually might end up getting taken away. Uh, and when the, the builder, if the builder does approve the assignment sales. So that's something to keep in mind that everything that, might have been in the original contract, may not be available uh, to the new purchaser or the assignee.
0: So that, so let's let's start at the beginning. Then, let's say that you are someone who's assigning a contract or thinking about it when you're purchasing a pre-con. So you're mm-hmm. you're right at the beginning, and this is something that's going through your mind. The first question that you need to ask and be aware of is: Is this even something that's going to be allowed, possible yeah. at all, in the mm-hmm. first place? Because it's not as simple as saying, "I bought a pre-con." I'm going to assign it there are and have historically been uh, anything from a complete disallowance of assigning at all where you're not allowed to do it because the builder says so to assignment fees which are very common that if you do choose to assign um, it's going to cost you a surcharge or a fee of some sort to the builder. Um, to required timelines or conditions that need to be met before you're able to assign. For example, maybe the building needs to be sold out before you can consider assigning something. Um, All that stuff needs to be figured out and you need to be aware of what that looks like. Um, And then on top of that, the restrictions that apply when it comes time to assign in terms of things like advertising and where you can and can't actually put it out there. You need to be That's- aware of all that if this is part of your potential strategy when you're buying a pre-con or even just your safety net in the back of your head. If I don't go through with this, I can just assign it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not.
1: Yeah. And the, it, at the end of the day, it's very difficult in any arrangement to negotiate with the builder um, when, whether it's you're originally purchasing the pre-con or it's an assignment sale, but like the, the, you have more likelihood of being able to negotiate favorable terms when you first purchase a pre-construction versus like when the assignment comes around, there's very little likelihood that the builder is going to bend in any way for you. Um, and I think going back to your points, the advertising piece is probably the biggest one for agents that they don't realize, like if you don't have a solid network of let's say investors or people that are looking for assignment purchases it's very difficult if you can't list the property on mls Um, and you need to ask yourself the question like are you working in your client's best interest if really you're just holding on to saying that you have this unit but you really can't do anything with it beyond putting it on some facebook groups like it's there's tons of facebook groups out there and most of them don't actually get much attention. So, you know, we know a lot of great pre-construction people who have a good database of people that might actually consider this type of a purchase. So like for me, I I just like personally, I find if somebody comes to me and says they want to sell their assignments um, property or they want to sell their property by assignment, not their property, but their pre-construction unit, whatever it is. um, I, I probably wouldn't take it. Unless I'm able to advertise on MLS and like, you know, there there's other opportunities, but it just doesn't make sense in my mind because I can't really do much. My hands are tied.
0: Okay. Well, that's I don't my, know that I would that's, I, my that's yeah. I mean it it, it yeah, from a, a realtor perspective, you need I'd to I'd rather be aware. refer it
1: to somebody yeah, that I mean, if, actually if you refer knows. It- yeah.
0: Right. Because uh, ultimately you're just a person who needs, yeah, you need to be able to have the connections to people who might be looking for it and find ways to advertise outside of the traditional everyone's going to see it means for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I, I mean, let's talk about maybe the pros and cons for each side. So people understand uh, from both the seller and the buyer perspective, why do people want to do this? I mean, we talked about when your hands are Uh, in the fire on it, and you feel like you're forced to assign, that's obviously not a pro type of situation. Um, Mm -hmm. But as a seller, historically, you'd be doing this for a few different reasons. And full disclosure, we've assigned a property before personally, right? Um, Sometimes one of the easiest ways to put it is it is immediate cash flow. It's certainty. It's an instant gain for yourself that um, freeze up cash, maybe for other things that you need, but at the same time, it's a certainty that takes the entire closing process out of it for you. You've bought, you've sold. It's effectively just something that you've realized a gain on in a shorter period of time without any uncertainty about what to deal with when it comes time to close on the property. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah. I And I think, you know, the timeline with the pre-construction unit, you're looking three to five years out, potentially people's circumstances change and personal situations change. So that's a, a main reason why people would assign their unit. If, if that kind of comes up for them,
0: right. especially with, if you're not in that home stretch, right? So if it's not a situation like we were talking about before, where it's closing in three months and you need to sell. If if you're in a situation where you're at the midpoint of a five year or more process or something like that, there's a lot of things with pre-con and with development that can go topsy turvy or surprise you. Or there can be closing costs, or um, you know maybe the building's being built and taking way longer than they had initially said, and it doesn't meet what it was you had planned for for your personal yeah. approach. Um, all these things that could be happening, you just avoid them. You basically get to sidestep by doing that. And this is all obviously according to if you do have the permission to do that, all the stuff we talked about before. We're just gonna assume that that's something that's already in place. A lot, a lot of new pre-con projects now, though. I find assignment is one of the benefits they put in those.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's
0: what you get, you know, whether it's free assignment or just allowance of assignment. Um, yeah. And that's a bit of a, uh, an indication of where the market is right now is that there's more of that happening. And I think Precon isn't selling out off the shelves like it used to because the prices have gone up as much as they have and people are a little bit tighter. Um, so with that, I think the assignment approach from a builder perspective is a little bit looser in their advertising than it had been four or five years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another factor to consider is also <clears throat> the payment of, you know, when you purchase an assignment sale as an assignee, you're paying a lot of cash upfront. So if you're working with somebody, that's definitely something to bring up with them is, do you have, you know, whatever it is, 15, 20% deposit that the assigner has already paid to the builder? Cause that needs to be paid back, um, to the, that assignor to close the deal. Um, the other portion of the money is the profit that the assignor has made on the assignment sale. So let's say they originally purchased it for 600, they're selling it for 800, that $200,000 profit needs to be paid back to the assignor. And sometimes the assignor wants it immediately on the assignment closing, but a lot of times the assignee can't doesn't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just sitting around. So a lot of times that profit portion is then um delayed, yeah, deferred until the building closes and the, the assignee can get their their mortgage and pay that out. Um, but that's definitely a question to ask both sides is like how much money do you have on hand? Do you know how much you need to pay for an assignment sale and for the Nor it's do you need your profit paid right away? Because if you do, that's going to limit the the number of buyers that are available to purchase your, your unit.
0: So when you're looking at it, dollars and cents wise, tax aside for now, basically, as an assignee, you need to assume this contract and this deal in exactly the position form that it was before you took it. So when Katie was talking about the profits that's not the concern of the builder, right? Mm -hmm. So if the seller or the assignor is selling you their contract for more than they paid, which is typically what their intent is here, unless they're up against it, that difference goes directly to the seller. But everything they've already invested in the project, all these deposits, all these things that have been paid ahead of time also need to be trued up because the builder has that already. This isn't a case where you start fresh and pay deposits to the builder And just pay the profit to the seller. It's you're truing up the seller to the deposits they've already paid. So if they've already gone in for ten percent of that six hundred thousand, you owe them the seller, the assignor, sixty grand plus the profit, profit plus the profit. Um, We owe the
1: builder the deposits.
0: uh, You owe the builder the deposit. Well, it's part of it's part of the seller. Part of the agreement is you're paying the deposits already paid. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I got that confused. Future deposits that haven't yet been paid. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. future deposits that might still be outstanding. You assume those and you're now in the same position it was. You're buying the paper is what you're buying. But the builder, rightfully so, doesn't want to be concerned with deals outside of what the original contract was that they did, Mm -hmm. right? They want to just make sure someone's there who's going to close the same way that the original purchaser was going to close the exact same way. And according to the exact same terms.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, you know, there's so many more conditions in an assignment. Like we can talk a little bit about the conditions when you are making an offer for an assignment. Like it's not just your typical finance. And obviously there's no property to inspect. So there'd be no home inspection, but Um, you need to get the lawyer to review. And ideally the lawyer on both sides of the transaction are gonna be reviewing because there's a lot of clauses. And when I was talking to one of the lawyers who does this quite a bit, he said 95% of the time lawyers are adjusting the agreement um, and adding clauses uh, and maybe even corrections for what um, they see coming in. So there's a lot involved in that. So they need to be um, making sure they're reviewing the original Agreement from the the builder, um, as well as the assignment agreement, to make sure it all all makes sense. And then, of course, it's always going to be conditional on the vendor or vendor. I was thinking assignor, vendor um, approving the assignment as well. You can't just assume because it says that um, they will allow assignments that it's approved. The vendor does need to do their own due diligence, and typically they need some sort of a letter that shows that you, you're you good for the money and and can pay the mortgage or whatever it might be. Um, so those are two conditions that set an assignment sale apart from a traditional resale transaction.
0: It also really depends on where you are in the process, right? Like a lot of pre-con projects may be five, six, seven years from initial marketing to when it's built. And if you're getting the uh, the contract assigned to you, halfway through that, two-thirds of the way through that, almost at the end, it's going to impact things beyond, I mean, definitely it's going to impact market value. It's going to impact um, what your intentions are and what the seller's intentions are, like the objectives you've got are going to really lead to what it is that that deal looks like. But there's also the other stuff associated with the pre-con itself, right? Have colors and fixtures and things been locked in? Are there, is there still flexibility or, or decisions that need to be made according to Uh, what this unit's going to look like. Um, You know, are there more like, obviously if there's more deposits to go where you are in that process, your cash flow might be impacted in terms of who you're paying and when. Closing costs that are going to come, you're going to be responsible for that, most likely uh, on closing. Um, And you need to consider all these things the same way you would if you were buying the pre-con at the very beginning, right? Because this is effectively buying a pre-con midway through, a little bit closer to the finish line. You're still susceptible to the same risks that a pre-con purchaser would have had. Um, you know, it's unlikely, but deals or, or developments get cancelled, or get adjusted, or get delayed, or things like that. You would be subject to those things the moment you get assigned this contract. So you're putting yourself in the seat of the person who bought it originally. If you're the if you're the assignee,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other, I think. Common misconception is just around the tax implications, and again, we're not accountants or lawyers or anything like that. But I think when it comes to the HST rebate that the builder offers to purchasers that intend to use the property as their as an end user, it's not going to be an investment. That rebate is given to that purchaser from the builder, Um, but the moment you assign the unit, that basically intention of you making using it as an end user is broken and it is likely I don't know how often it happens but it's likely that that builder will just take that rebate away because now they don't know what the intention of this new purchaser is maybe they do intend to live in there um, as an end user but likely that person would like would have to then get that rebate back from the government after the fact versus getting it from the builder Um, there's also the, the rental rebate as well. So as long as you have a one-year agreement to lease, um, you can still apply for the rebate, but again, that's after the fact, and it's still the same amount, the $24,000 rebate for properties over 450,000. So, um, it's, it's still there available to you. It's just that extra step. Number one of having to pay it up front and then trying to get it back from the government afterwards
0: there's when it comes to taxes, there's a lot of moving parts. The HST is a big one that people rightfully should be asking lots of questions about on either side of the transaction. There's also the fact that this is a there's two parts to an assignment deal, right? There's the original purchase that was uh, subject to HST and or the rebate. But there's also now this new element of profit where, as a purchaser or as an assignee, you're paying, this seller, the assignor, more than what they paid, and they're effectively making a gain on the original assignment. And there needs to be an understanding of what the tax implications of that gain may or may not be, depending on the jurisdiction you're in. We're talking HST here, obviously, because uh, we're in Canada, and that's the prevalent thing that we deal with here. But wherever you are, there is going to be likely tax implications associated with potential gains, tax implications associated with uh, you know ultimate use of the property and rebates that may or may not have been um, initially allocated or, or or a part of the original contract these are not small numbers regardless of where you are, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars in most cases. So if you're doing a deal that's five hundred six hundred thousand dollars, a difference of ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars could be very material and an impact on whether or not you choose to assign or what it is you choose to offer or accept when you're doing an assignment deal as well. So it's not as simple as what did they pay? What are you offering? Let's make a deal, right? You need to be aware of all that stuff as well as things like closing costs and future costs that are going to be associated with taking this on as well.
1: Yeah, because when you purchase a pre-con, there's a lot more closing costs associated with it, just with development fees and all that kind of stuff. So just something to be aware of. Um and yeah, as you said, like from a from a seller's perspective or an assignor, assign I always get the sign assignor, is perspective. Um, that that HST on the profit um like does put a dent into into your what you end up actually taking home. Um, as well as like that, you know, you've got the federal flippers tax that just came into effect, um, this past year, like as of January 1st. And if you've owned a property, even an assignment for less, or even a pre-con pre-construction for less than a year, you're subject to that flippers tax, tax as well. So that's another thing to just keep in mind because you might, um, you might think that you're, you're getting away with nothing, you know, not having to pay all this stuff, but you really are.
0: And the CRA, probably probably every tax authority is always yeah, clamping yeah. down, but yeah. the CRA is you know, dealing with, even in the wake of, of the pandemic and all that, there's a lot of money they want to find anywhere they can. I know that's their job in general, is to obviously track down people who are skirting tax rules. But this is an area where um, the clampdown has begun. It's going to continue. Um, and so you need to be aware of that as well. Um when you're selling or when you're deciding to sell as a realtor representing someone who wants to assign, we talked already about things like advertising restrictions and your limitations around where you can put this out there. Um, you also need to be aware of the fact that you're selling air right now, right? So the traditional approach, just from a selling perspective, MLS aside, you're typically going off of the materials that already exist and the marketing materials that would have already existed from the builder. So, if you're wondering how do I actually push this out there, I can't take a picture of the unit. you know, there's not the same type of of approach. You need to really be creative and think about what it is you're able to push. in a lot of cases, it's easier because everything is what it is. you know, you've got your feature list, you've got your floor plan, you've got your artists' renderings. Um, but you're still able to push this stuff out there, and especially if you've got that network of people you want to go out to, it's not always just I'll send you the contract if you want to see it. Let me know if you're interested. Um, you can still take the approach of being creative. You know, you can do more research on the area. You can you can get behind the sorts of things that make these places look attractive. But understand that that is the marketing the builder has already put together in as good a way that's out there. You know, you're going to be able to leverage and feed off of the stuff that's already been provided. Um, yeah. What was that?
1: If you're allowed.
0: If you're allowed, yeah. You can't just copy, paste if that's not allowed. That's true. I should, disclaimer, that's right.
1: All of the, um, all this whole episode is all about disclaimers.
0: Everything's a disclaimer because this isn't, yeah, it's it's not something that someone says, I want to assign my place. Can you do it for me? You say yes and go with it, right? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of permissions. There's a lot of fine print. Um, even in situations where someone might've bought a pre-con where part of their incentive package was, you're allowed to assign or some sort of vague bullet point. I guarantee you there's an asterisk next to that, that stipulates what the conditions are of doing that, what the potential costs are of doing that, what the approvals are that are required. Um, so again, it's not necessarily more or less complicated than a traditional sale. It's different and you need to be aware of those moving parts because you can get burned, um, whether you're a realtor who's representing somebody or you're somebody who's just interested in doing it for yourself on either side of the transaction, if you don't understand what goes into this, you can leave yourself, sus- you leave yourself susceptible to a lot of different liabilities, whether it's tax, whether it's other costs, whether it's uh, legal implications or people saying you weren't allowed to do it in the first place.
1: Exactly. So those are that's assignments in a nutshell, I think. Kind
0: of closed with doom and gloom there. Yeah. It is a it is it is the kind of thing though that again, we've done it. It was a great experience. Um, when it works, you rolled your eyes there. Did you not think it was a great experience?
1: You no, know, it was a fine experience. I'm just like it wasn't what we intended to do when we first purchased the pre-construction. Right. And I I think for people, like I've I've heard uh, from people saying that, you know, well. I want to purchase a pre-con to flip it in or assign it in a couple of years. Like people need to be very careful when they think, because people still think that they can make good money off of it. And I don't think you can. Um, So I think it's just really important to bring people down to earth when they're, when they're thinking that way.
0: Yeah. I, I don't see this now. And this is just, this is just my opinion only. This isn't the opportunity it might've seemed to be years yeah. ago. I think yeah. the market and builders have caught up and like you said they're now future pricing. So when you buy a pre-con, I would be very reluctant to advise anybody to buy it with an intent to assign. Yeah. It's just it's a very dangerous thing to do if you're paying 1500 plus a square foot right now. Mm-hmm. Run the numbers yourself. Give yourself, you know, a worst-case scenario, right? Like prices go up And I think in five, six years, yeah, prices are going to be higher and they're probably going to be in an area that is in excess of what a pre-con price is right now. But the value of your money, tying up cash, if that's your intention to flip it before then, maybe do a little bit more analysis of what that looks like and why you're doing that versus other investment approaches. I think it's there when it's an opportunity you've got It is a really good safety net. It is a good tool that you can leverage when you need it. Um, But to put your eggs in that basket in today's market is a little less palatable to me if I was advising somebody than even just purchasing investment property that exists with the intent to whatever, sell it down the road or rent it for a while. Um, It really depends. It depends, but there are pros to the pre-con approach to things anyway, right? Like if you've got free cash, you put in your deposits and you can now let it simmer for years without having to worry about financing and things like that.
1: Until you get to the point where you need to finance it. Until it's a
0: situation like now where people are being forced to assign because they can't get the financing because the market has changed so much Mm -hmm. since the time where they bought it. And their intention might not have been to assign... But when you can't close, what do you do? You don't close or you have to spend way more money with private lenders or something else just to close or you try to assign it. I don't know if there's another option there. I don't think so. (laughs) Run away. (laughs) Flee the country.
1: Mm -hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, hopefully that was helpful for everybody. And um, yeah, that's all I got.
0: All right, well, we'll be back again next week with another fun topic for you. That's,
1: That's good. All right. All right. Have a level day.
0: Bye, Later. everyone.